5: Welcome in to our number two of the Lombardi line. Brady Cannon with you live from the South Point Hotel Casino and Spa in Las Vegas, Nevada. My partner, Michael Lombardi, the star of the show, hailing from Ocean City, New Jersey here on a holiday weekend as we get you ready for all kinds of sports betting, including hot dog contests, indeed. And uh, Michael, let's take a look at the golf tournament here real quick. We were having a good time uh, talking about the uh, Bryson and Brooksy stuff going on at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, of course, the Shambo. I love it. Yeah, it's a great story. Story, right and and you and I were talking about and and this I think has kind of been the consensus opinion for a lot of people that I t- uh, talk to about this situation it, it's I, I don't want to call it a friendly feud but it's it, it's pretty it's, it's nothing earth-shattering. They're having some fun with it. They're trash-talking. And I think at the end of the day, it brings golf into the national media stream. And uh, for a sport that a lot of people find slow and boring, this is good for the game, I think. Uh, to, to have a rivalry and some conflict like that, I think it's all positive.
6: I mean, I, unless I'm wrong. I mean, you tell me. You know, you know these, these, these players way better than I do. But I genuinely think Brooks Kapka's serious. Like, I think he's completely annoyed with the guy. Oh, yeah. And and that annoyance to me is just it it has to has to do with how he's transformed his body. It to me, it's about it's like how what he's done and, you know, what what Kepka knows or what doesn't know. But there's way more to this than meets the eye. There's way more than this. You know, know, typically when a guy reconfigures his body and all of a sudden starts to do what he did, you know, there's suspicions and there's questions. But Kapka's behavior towards him tells me he knows. And he's not going to let it go, but he's not going to say anything. And to me, I love how he just keeps needling them and needling them and basically saying, hey, I know, I know, I know.
5: Yeah, that's well said. And I agree with you. I I certainly think he's serious. I I wasn't trying to portray that. No, I think he's definitely annoyed by him. And I'll tell you, I am too. I I mean, honestly, I'm not a huge fan of either guy, but I'm starting to
6: like Kepka more and more every day with this I love Kepka. He's my favorite golfer now, Brady. I love him more just because of this. Yeah. You know, just because of the way he's taking it on. And it's like, and what I like about Kepka is the fact that he do not care. Like, he knows he's better than DeChambeau. he knows he's better. And whatever's happened in the gym or whatever they did to change his body, whatever that is, and I'm not judging anyone here. What I'm saying is I think he clearly knows. And I think he just wants to prove his point constantly. And he wouldn't attack him, you know, if he didn't think he was better than him.
5: Well, I did bet Brooks Kepka to win the British Open. That coming up, uh, I guess, what, about 12 days from now, the British Open at Royal St. George's in England. I did bet Kepka. At sixteen to one, you and I can both root them home there, Michael. Now I know I, I might join you on that. I might join you on that. You know, having a future bet in a golf match, I think, is one of the most fun bets you can have. Rooting your guy and having a handful of them, rooting your guy for four days, and then uh, you know when you hit him, it's great. They're great pi- uh They're great payouts. A little bit of a needle in a haystack type of bet, but uh, sure is fun to hit a a good payout in sixteen to one. Not too shabby. Um, Michael, I know Mr. Baseball showed up with a play today. You were yeah. uh, you were talking to me earlier about the Chicago White Sox are on your radar.
6: Well, I like them today. I mean, look, I, I know Patrick's not here, and he's on vacation for this month, and we certainly hope he has a great time. He's going to go back to Detroit, spend time with his family, which he hasn't done, and hopefully he'll take in a Tigers game because, look, since their horrendous start, I think the Tigers are just over 500 since they started the season. But the one team that Tigers haven't been able to beat are my White Sox. And I think that that's really what makes me want to play this. I think the Tiger offense, uh, you know, they barely averaged under three runs per game. And I think, you know, when you look at it, Dennis Kuchel will be on the mound for Chicago when he's coming off the great month of June. So with his 2.7 ERO and over in over 26.2 innings. So, you know, and we know Detroit has a lot of issues against left-handed pitching with a 2.28 average against lefties. So... I like the matchup. I like the history. I like the White Sox today.
5: Yeah, and Chicago, one of the best teams against left-handed pitchers in all of baseball. And it's interesting. Detroit has seen the money. The White Sox opened uh, on the overnight as minus 140 favorites. And now that's been uh, cut by about 15, even 25 cents in some spots. Uh, About, uh, let's see, minus 120, the number here at BetMGM. And nine is your total. And that's starting to take some action on the under as well. And maybe that's reflective of what we saw in that game last night between these two teams. Welcome in once again to the Lombardi line. For those of you just joining us, Brady Cannon and Michael Lombardi with you on a Saturday morning, getting you ready for a holiday weekend follow-up sports betting and talking a little baseball here. If you missed that, Michael Lombardi likes the White Sox today in their matchup with the Detroit Tigers. And uh, yeah, you're right. Happy vacation to Patrick Maher, of course, filling in for Patrick while he uh, visits his family back there. And hopefully... He does get to take in a ball game that would be fantastic Uh, Michael let's uh, talk some headlines here and uh, Josh Gordon has made the headlines once again the NFL wide receiver he's back in the news trying to uh, get reinstated into the league and it's been a a tough go obviously and we always hear people talk about Josh Gordon and and they feel sorry for this guy Uh, the struggles that he's had and, and me included. Can he get past that ever? I mean, it seems like he's had so many chances and it never seems to work out. He's also getting up there in age. I mean, can he be effective even if he is good, even if he is healthy? Can he be good uh, at the age he's at for some team?
6: I think the last three years, Josh, hasn't been the same player. I mean, you have to go back to 13, you know, when he was sensational. I was in Cleveland when he was there. 13, and then it all fell apart in 14 for him, too. So since then, it's just not there. I mean, he's probably playing – just because he needs the money and he has to. But the skill set, the Josh Gordon that we remember from 13, the Josh Gordon that stiffed arm Aqib Tlaib in a game against the Patriots and took it to the house, that's not the same guy we're seeing today, unfortunately. And Father Time is undefeated against Josh, and most players except Tom Brady. And I think it's caught up to Josh Gordon. So, you know, we hear the name Josh Gordon. They're going to sign Josh Gordon. Oh, my God, they got Josh Gordon. Well, the Josh Gordon you're signing today isn't exactly the same guy.
5: Yep, absolutely. Uh, Let's resume our look at the AFC West. In the first hour, we covered the Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles Chargers. And in hour number two here, we will wrap up the division with the Denver Broncos and the Las Vegas Raiders. And Michael, let's start in Denver. They bring in Kyle Fuller, Ronald Darby at cornerback. They signed quarterback Teddy Bridgewater, and they went heavy on defense in the draft, including defensive back Patrick Sertan out of Alabama. It doesn't appear that there are many holes on this defense. Can that carry this team as it has in the past all the way to the Super Bowl?
6: Well, I think, look, when you, when you break down their season, I mean, last year, you know, they struggled. They got hurt. You know, we didn't have Von Miller, you know, and they were – I thought they had a chance. No home field advantage. Last year, they couldn't stop the run, Brady. I mean, they struggled to stop the run. They gave up almost five yards of carry against the run last year. So all these improvements they're making defensively, you know, sometimes we think, oh, well, they're going to get – they're good. They got up 22 rushing touchdowns last year, which is far too many for a team as good as they are defensively. So I think that's got to be the key. And when you look at where they are in the secondary and what they can do with those three corners, along with the fact that they get Chubb healthy back, they're going to get – Von Miller back healthy and maybe Von Miller back to the 2018 Von Miller if they can do that. You know, and then that will help them on third down. Last year they gave up 40%. uh, They were 40% allowing opponents to convert third down. Way too much for a team that can rush the passer. And the other factor I thought that really hurt them because they're so bad offensively is they they played over 31 minutes of defense per game last year. That's way too many that's way too much defense. When you're a good defense, if you can play 27, 28 minutes, you become a great defense. That's what they're going to need to do. And it starts with their quarterbacking play. And I think that's really what we have to see is can they get improvement from their quarterback? And we've seen Locke. Now, you could say, well, Locke, you know, he threw over 400 passes last year. You know, he's under a 60% completion thrower in a West Coast offense, Brady, which is throwing a lot of crosses, a lot of smashes, a lot of easy throws that the offense gets you. And he's, and he's completing under 60%. I mean, when you're a West Coast quarterback, you should be at 65 66% completion. It's too many easy throws the offense gives you. It's, it's as Bill Walsh would say, it's long handoffs. Now they get Teddy Bridgewater to come in. Perhaps that'll help them. And then I think the other factor is, too, is they've got to do a better job. When, when the game plan breaks down, they gave up 151 points in the second quarter last year. They gave up 143 in the fourth quarter last year. They gave up 446 points. Way too many points. So, as much as we like them, and I love them for the over, And I love him to compete. That defense has to play to the level that Vic Fangio has been able to in his coaching career.
5: Well, this is going to be his third season in Denver. Through two seasons so far, he is 12-20 and for his record. And, Michael, I think there are many people in this world that are not uh, built to be the top dog. We, We have great vice presidents, if you will, and I don't think there's one iota of shame in that. And we've seen, you know, Norv Turner, Wade Phillips, fantastic coordinators, didn't really work out as head coaches. Vic Fangio was absolutely a tremendous vice president, if you will, as a defensive coordinator. Is he going to be able to crack this
6: code here as the top dog in Denver? Well, what worries you the most, Brady, is the fact that defensively his numbers last year were atrocious. I mean, for all we talk about the lack of quarterbacking play in Denver, when you break down their numbers and you look at what they were unable to do defensively, now they had some injuries, no doubt, and it was difficult for them. But when you break down this team, they just could not perform at a high level in the area of his expertise. And as an executive, that's what worries you the most. You know, it would be one thing if they were playing great defense And they just didn't move the football offensively, but they were great. You know, and like some of those Chicago teams when he was there. When you looked at the Chicago teams with MVP Mitch, I mean, they were winning with turnovers. But because they weren't able to turn the ball over, because they gave up so many points, I think it was a problem. Decision-making, too. I think the other factor is when you play, and this happened with us when I was with the Raiders with Janikowski, when you're kicking a field goals in Denver with the altitude, you attempt way more 50-yard field goals than you probably should. Last year, McManus was 10 of 15 on on kicks outside of 50 yards, 10 of 15. Their opponents never missed one, so they turned the ball over, and then they had Russellino who came in to kick one kick, and he missed that. So they were they were minus six in kicks over. That's six turnovers that you're just giving the the, the other team. You can't do that, and I think that goes into the strategy and the foundation of Vic as a head coach. And if I'm Vic. I say to myself, look, I'm fixing this defense. I am going to fix this defense. I'm going to do everything in my power to be the best defense coordinator and the best head coach I could be. Because if I get fired here, it's because my defense let me down.
5: They were 29th in the league last year in DVOA, and they were minus 16 in turnover differential, and you throw another six on top of that with those missed field goals you're talking about. I mean, that's bad, and they really, I don't think they should be that bad. I think this team has more talent than that. For what they did in 2020, who do you lay that blame on? Again, 29th in DVOA, the turnover differential. Is that Drew Locke? Is that John Elway? Is it Fangio? Is it all of
6: the above? I think it's all of the above, and I think that's got to be the theme of the Denver Broncos for 2021. We just can't say if Drew Lock plays better, we're going to play better. I think this is this has really got to be the theme. I think they've got to be able to say to themselves, look, we have to be able, as a team, to play better. Our defense can't give up almost five yards rushing. You know they can't do that. You know they average four three running the football. You know they got games. Buffalo put 48 on them. I mean, you know, they they struggled. They struggled. The Saints put 31 on them. I mean, the, the Saints put 31 on them without a quarterback. Right. Remember, Taysom Hill was in the do. game. Yeah. You know, so the Jets, you know, the Jets put 28 on them with a backup quarterback. Now, they had a backup quarterback as well. So, you know, for me, I I think this is truly a team effort. And I think Vic has to come in there. And he's got to be accountable as much as anybody. They've got to do a much better job of being able to curtail the the ability for the opponent to move the ball as easily on them as they do. They lose to Kansas City 43-16. I mean, Kansas City just went up and down the field on them. Now that's just not gonna that's just not because of that. The Raiders beat them twice. The Raiders beat them twice, thirty-seven to twelve and thirty-two-thirty one on the two-point conversion on the last play of the game. We'll see.
5: Michael, the numbers are pretty interesting here, especially when you compare them to the Los Angeles Chargers. The win total for the Denver Broncos is eight and a half. The odds to win the division are five to one. The Chargers are at six, so the odds makers uh, thinking Denver maybe has a better chance there to win the division. But the Super Bowl odds are higher: the Chargers at thirty to one, Denver at forty to one. Uh, what say you on these numbers? Under, over, or they make sense to you? I,
6: I like I like the over eight and a half. I do. I like that a lot. It it would be one of my strongest recommendations: Denver over eight and a half. because I think they'll be better in all those areas. You know, do I think they can beat Kansas City twice? No. Do I think they can give Kansas City a game once? Yeah. I think home field is going to play a difference here. I think they're going to come in at home field and have a chance. You know, you go up in that altitude, it's challenging. You play at that crowd noise up there, it's challenging. So I like that. I like them to be a wild card. Look, I think this AFC West – is really, really a good division. I think it's a hard division. I think there's four good teams in that division. And I put the Raiders in there because I think the Raiders are good offensively, whether they fix that offensive line or not. But this Denver team, they're going to be playing a lighter schedule. You know, they got to go to New York. They're on the road two games in a row. They've got to find a way. Typically, Denver starts fast because they always have three home games. This year, they're on the road for the first two games of the season. But that defense should be able to go into New York and give them all sorts of trouble. With going against Jason Garrett's offense and the way Vic calls defense and the way he can take away – the West Coast offense. So I have high hopes for them. I like them really strongly on the over. Yeah,
5: if you look at their numbers, 29th and DVOA and that awful turnover differential, they are absolutely set up to improve. So I, I would agree with you. You would expect uh, some some progression or some progress rather for the Denver Broncos in 2021. All right, you mentioned the Las Vegas Raiders, Vegas's very own the Silver and Black, the Raiders, and of course the fans will get to fill up Allegiant Stadium this season. I can't wait Michael, I grew up a 49er fan, but I absolutely uh, root for the hometown team here. Everything's better in Las Vegas when our teams succeed. We've seen that with the Vegas Golden Knights and back in the heyday of the running Rebels, uh, UNLV. So I really hope the Raiders succeed. And as far as what they did in the offseason and with the draft, uh, you know, John Gruden and Mike Mayock, they were knocked a little bit for taking Leatherwood with that first pick. But I think they redeemed themselves with the safety that they took out of TCU you in the second pick uh, they bring Gus Bradley in what are your and I know you've been critical of that defensive scheme can the Raiders improve from what they did in 2020 and they've pretty much been a mediocre 500 team ever since Gruden got here
6: I mean look at Gruden's career since he won the Super Bowl I mean just go back and look at it I mean and look at what he's but what he's done I mean he's a below 500 coach since he's won a Super Bowl and he took over Tony Dungy's team for that Super Bowl You know, and his answer and solutions on defense, I don't think whether it's players, coaches, or schemes are the right solutions. You know, Paul Gunther was the guy that he really felt strongly about as his defensive coordinator. But I think it's a hard job to be the defensive coordinator for John Gruden because John Gruden essentially wants the defense to service him as the offensive coordinator. I mean, that's what John has been typically wanting to do. He's 19-29 and as the Raider head coach. For whatever reason, you know, Mark Davis really believed that the success of the early 2000 Raiders was attributed all to John Gruden. Well, I was there, and it wasn't because of me. It was because of Rich Gannon. And it was because of John Gruden's offense and Bill Callahan's coaching the offensive line and, and all of us trying to work together to get the best players. But, you know, when you look at this, at their ability to team build, Kellen Farrell, the first fifth pick of the draft, please, you know, no chance. Right. You know, Abram, a first round pick. Arnett, first round pick. Stop me when I get a good player, Brady. Please stop me when I do. I mean, come on. Then they sign Koskowski as a free agent. Littleton is a free agent. Ton of money in that. And Dockway, let's go over his career, right? He's a great up-the-field pass rusher down in Jacksonville. He had 12 sacks, right? He gets traded to Minnesota. They have enough of him. They cut him. He's in a contract year. They trade him. They give up a third-round pick. They think so lightly of him. They trade him to Baltimore. Baltimore gets him for a third. And Baltimore basically, as they're going in the playoffs, don't want to play him because he runs up past the quarterback. And then the Raiders reward him with a huge contract. We shall see how this all works out. Now, I think offensively, the Raiders are a tough team to play. I think Carr has improved under Gruden. I make no bones about that. Spending all that money for Kenyon Drake, I don't understand that. Every time you take Jacobs off the field, you're doing the defense a favor. You're doing them a favor.
5: I think you spell it out, and it's so frustrating for me. I believe, and I have some local knowledge on this, I believe that Mike Mayock and John Gruden are great guys that you would love to go hang out with. And we talked about Fangio and Norv Turner and Wade Phillips, and I think you've talked about this too. John Gruden arguably could be the best offensive coordinator in the NFL, but is he a head coach? Are he and Mayock a team that can build a contender here in Las Vegas? I mean, Raider fans, I hate to say it, we've been waiting for almost 20 years.
6: Yeah, I mean, look, uh, uh, you know, the question is, do you've given John all the authority in the organization? You know, when he had all the authority, go back over the drafts in Tampa when he was down there. The Gaines Adams and some of the players they picked. I mean, you know, anybody who knows anything about the NFL knows that that, you know, he didn't get fired at Tampa because he was building a dynasty down there. He got fired at Tampa because he wasn't able to really turn the team. He took over a really good team and made it worse. And made it worse. Where are you on their win
5: total? It's at seven. You going under or over I like him
6: over. I do. With all that criticism I give Gruden, I like him over. You know, because I think when you break it down, you know, I do think that, you know, he is, uh, you know, I mean, I think that they can go over that total. I mean, Gruden hasn't made the playoffs in his coaching career since 2007, right? If you go back to when they won the Super Bowl in two, two and you go through all those years, I mean, as an NFL head coach, he's one fourteen and one ten. But most of those, he's only had double-digit wins in two thousand and five. Since then, he's never had more than nine wins. Over those, what from two thousand and three to twenty-one, with the when he was in the broadcast booth, he hasn't had over uh, as an over ten wins. I mean. I mean, what are we going to look at? Are we going to look at the past? Or are we going to look at? Are we going to? We're we going to do as Tony Soprano said: remember when's the lowest form of conversation. We just keep remembering when they were really good. You know, he got Tampa. He's four and twelve, nine and seven, nine and seven. He gets fired. Comes into Oakland, four and twelve, seven and nine, eight and eight. I mean, tell me where the improvement's been
5: with basketball, hockey, and baseball games every week. It's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years are older and physically located in Nevada please gamble responsibly if you have a problem call 1-800-522-4700 we'll
0: be right back
5: Time for some horse racing plays for your Saturday. The top horse racing plays for today from ExpressBet analyst Jeff Siegel at Ellis Park in race 6 Jeff likes the number 8 horse Ying Yang 7-2 to on the morning line also in race 7 at Ellis Park he likes the number 2 horse Palm Cottage 4-1 to on the morning line. You can bet these races and more at First Bet, the best place to start your betting action for horse racing sign up for First Bet and get up to $100 in a matching bonus on your first deposit instantly visit vcin.com horses for details and make sure you Use the promo code Vegas100. That's VEASAN.com slash horses. Brady Cannon and Michael Lombardi with you on a Saturday morning inside the Lombardi line. And, Michael, I want to finish up a little bit on the Las Vegas Raiders. And, and, you know, we're, we're very critical of this team, and I think it's easy to be. I thought you brought up a great statement there that drives me nuts about Tony Soprano. The lowest form of conversation is remember when. It seems like all we, you know, Ted Hendricks is gone. Fred Blitnikoff's gone. John Madden's gone. That's all we hear about at the Raiders. And I want to know what's happening now. And one of the things you think is going to happen now is despite how critical we are of this club, you think they're going over seven wins. Do you think they can get to double digits?
6: Do they end up 10 and seven? No. No, no. I think they're. Eight, I think they're an eight and nine team. Okay. I think they'll. You know, look. We've seen this happen way too many times before. You know, we've seen them start fast. You know, and then once teams get an idea of what they're doing offensively, I mean, look. This team should have lost to the Jets. Now they easily could have beaten Miami, but they couldn't stop anybody in the two-minute drill. Situational football has always been a problem for Coach Gruden and, his, and, and, and as he runs it, because he's so concerned Brady about the offense. I mean, he is truly the offensive coordinator. You know, special teams and defense is you know one of the one of the big concerns is you know that he wanted the defensive coordinator give me five man-to-man plays, give me five cover three plays and three cover two. Like he thinks the defense services the offense. And so when you have that mentality as a head coach, you never get better on defense. It's why one of the Cliff Kingsbury's downfalls when you have these offensive coaches that don't pay attention to what the defense needs to have done. And he hires Gus Bradley because why? So, he's always done well against the Chargers, right? They've always done well. They've always moved the ball against the Chargers pretty much at will. I mean, last year, let's see. They played the Chargers. They scored 31 against Gus Bradley. And then they come back and they scored. They lost 20, 30 to 27. All right. So, they basically average over 28 points when they play. Would that be somebody that would entice you to want to hire him? When you could score 28 points on his team, right? So, but – but let's 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 take it a positive approach here. Why would he want to hire Gus Bradley? Because he feels like okay, Gunther was too complex. There was too many checks. There was too much going on. Players were not communicating. We couldn't get everything right. Let's just make the scheme really simple and let's get these guys that we drafted, who we think are really good players. Let's get them to play at a high, faster pace. Great. Sounds good on paper. Sounds great on. If you've got Michael Bennett and Cliff Averill and you've got all these really good defensive linemen, sounds great. But when you don't have when you don't have all those guys, when you don't have K J Wright and you don't have Bobby Wagner, and you don't have all these guys that you don't have Richard Sherman and you don't have all these other players, Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor, you don't have that. Where are you going? What are you gonna do? Right, and so that's what I that's what I worry about. I mean, you're going to put Abraham on the field. You're going to put Carl. Jo- those two guys, Joseph and Abraham, first round picks of, of the Raiders, they'll miss more tackles in one season than most safeties will miss all year. And you're going to put them on the field. You can't. You know, and I think a lot of this is they got to justify the moves that they made. And I don't blame Mayock. Mayock is is entitled general manager, but Mayock can be as strong as he can be. John's running the team. They did not give John Gruden 100 million for 10 years to listen to Mayock. They gave John Gruden to build the team in his vision. And I think Mike and I, and I think Mark Davis just didn't really understand what his dad was doing and what his dad believed in during the times when we won.
5: Yeah, I hope it works, man. Like I said, I really root for this team to share the same success that we've seen out of the Vegas Golden Knights. It's uh it's great for this town. So I am rooting for him. I'm rooting for him to go over that win total for sure and uh, possibly make it into the postseason. Michael, we were talking about, uh, you mentioned on Friday's show that the Dallas Cowboys will be featured on this year's edition of Hard Knocks. And we were talking with Josh Applebaum that oftentimes, from a betting perspective, that's an auto-fade for the team that's featured on there. They came (laughs) up with some numbers. Overall, basically all these teams that have been on Hard Knocks are under 500, a winning percentage of about 47%. Uh, Just under 500 against the spread, 129, 131, and 6. And as far as season win totals, 7, 8, and 1. But uh, conversely, both you and I are kind of high on the Cowboys this year. We think uh, maybe they'll break the trend here, right?
6: Uh, You know, I'm I'm doubting that now. I feel like the Cowboys (laughs) are like Godfather 3. Every time I'm out, they pull me back in.
5: (laughs) All right, very good.
6: Thomas Gable
5: next from the Borgata. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all of our shows, including Follow the Money, a numbers game, My Guys in the Desert, the Lombardi Line with VEASAN Best Bets. Download Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, Long Shots, Gone Racing, and the Ron Flatter Racing Pod. They're all for free and available now at VEASAN.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Brady Cannon and Michael Lombardi with you inside the Lombardi line. And we're joined now by our friend Thomas Gable. He's the director of race and sports at the Borgata out in New Jersey. Good morning to you, Thomas. Thank you for joining us as you do as always here on the program. And I want to go to the NBA hardwood, and I'm a little bit new to the the running joke here on the program. I guess uh, you're a big Hawks fan, and I don't know if this is.
6: Can, tell me where this uh, lies no, no, exactly. Brady, he, Brady, he's not a. He is the all-time Hawk fan. Okay. I mean. He is the all-time Hawk fan. In fact, you know, he's got all the, he's got, you know how the Hawks have a thousand uniforms? You can't tell what the hell uniform they're wearing going back. (laughs) Thomas has got them all. He's got them all in his library in Brigantine, don't you, Thomas?
7: Yeah, and I just recently came into that fandom, so it's been uh, a lot of quick purchases in the last uh, week or two. <laughs>
5: Thomas, I, I got to ask you, and I don't know what the story is out there at the Borgata, and I hope you can tell me, uh, your colleague out here at the Mandalay Bay, Mike Perania, who I often work with on the weekends, uh, their shop over at Mandalay Bay has a, quite a bit of liability on the on the Atlanta Hawks. They're not fans of the Hawks.
7: Yeah, it's uh, quite the opposite here, Brady. We have uh, a lot of liability on the Bucks uh, for the series and as well as the, the NBA title. So um, certainly we are uh, rooting for the Hawks out here in New Jersey. Uh, obviously opposite there of what's uh, happening um, at Mandalay Bay. Thomas,
6: when you saw, I mean, I know you don't want anybody getting hurt, and I know you're not rooting for injuries, but when you saw Giannis go down, I mean, what was your first thought? He got a chance to win this thing? Because before that, you were thinking there's no way we're winning it, right?
7: I still didn't think, uh, you know, when he went down, obviously we don't don't know quite how uh, severe this is. It doesn't look like, obviously, he's going to play today. Um, I I don't think – yeah, you know, we'll see. Obviously, if he does come back, how he looks. Uh, I'm still not entirely sold that it's going to count the uh, the Bucks out completely. Uh, I wasn't even at the time. Uh, they they have other guys who can step up, and you saw that uh, in Game Five. There, uh, most notably, I mean, one of the consequences that not many people were looking at in Game Five was how it would affect Brook Lopez. And you know, with without Giannis on the floor. Lopez can play more like a traditional center, and you saw how efficient he was in the paint. He set a lot of ball screens, got some baskets rolling off those screens, and then he was also positioned down low on the baseline and would benefit if Holiday or someone else could penetrate, draw interest from another defender, and then dish off to him, and Lopez could come in then from the weak side. And Atlanta will really need to make some adjustments tonight. Uh, they need to stop that dribble penetration, and they need to do a better job rotating on the weak side. And for Lopez on defense, surprisingly, no one on Atlanta in game five was really able to beat him off the dribble, which is a little surprising. You saw Herter attempted it a couple of times unsuccessfully. And if Trey Young does play, will he be explosive enough on that injured ankle to do it? If Lopez switches off a high screen on him, uh, I think one of the angles to look at in this game, the bucks have been the best first quarter team in the playoffs this year. They're outscoring opponents by 15.1 points per game per hundred possessions in the first quarter. Hawks are favored by a half a point right now on that first quarter line. So the, uh, the bucks would be getting the half a point there um, something maybe you want to take a look at just of how good they have been in the first quarter throughout these playoffs,
6: Thomas, yeah, you would th- go ahead, go, go ahead. Well, you would think that, you know, coach Bud's got to, I mean, coach McMillan's got to be, he can't play from behind in this game. I mean, they dug a deep hole in, in, in game five in, in Milwaukee. They can't dig the same hole here. I would think that that would be a, uh, that's probably why that line slated sl- slightly towards Atlanta. Don't you think Thomas?
7: Yeah, I mean, it's all, all, all are, uh, the, uh, the full game line, obviously. I mean, the Hawks here are favored for two, and we've seen this line. Actually, this line touched three yesterday for a brief period. It's basically been between two and a half and two after opening at Pickham at, right after game five uh, concluded there. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, the first half line, you have the Hawks favored only by a point, and then the first quarter, they're favored there by a half a point.
5: Thomas, uh, we've seen a lot of activity, as you just allude to there. We've seen a lot of activity in this market on this particular ball game. It started at Pickham. You mentioned it got all the way to three. It was not that long ago. I was looking at the screen here in Las Vegas. There were some stores that were back down to one and a half do you think the bets coming in on Atlanta, is that playing the come line here that we are going to get Trey Young in the lineup? Or is it more so just betters doing the zigzag theory that, uh, you know, back here at Atlanta's home court that they're going to get this one and force game seven? Or, or is it a little bit of both? What have you seen?
7: No, I think it's both Brady. I think you're seeing uh, people out of the two young is probably more likely to play than Giannis is. And the fact that you're back in Atlanta here uh, in the friendly confines there. So I think people are taking the Hawks based on that. And you're seeing also the Hawks uh, money line, uh, people not even laying the points. They just want to take the Hawks straight up. We're getting a lot of action on the Hawks money line here.
6: Thomas, I want What to... about? go ahead. Well, I was going to shift to hockey. Thomas, are you getting much action on this? Were you shocked by the Lightning's uh, performance? I mean, I know they've been dominating the series, but did you get much action on the Canadians at all in Game Three?
7: No, we've we've actually needed the Canadians uh, every every game so far in the in the finals. Uh, currently, we have the Lightning uh, minus one fifty five for the game uh, on Monday. Uh, we have a lot of liability on the Lightning to win the Cup. The Lightning and the Bruins, those were the two teams that we had the most liability on coming into the playoffs. Uh, So kind of a bad scenario for us, uh, certainly for the Lightning to win the Cup. But uh, anything that we can take back in, in these individual games would be good.
5: Thomas, we'll let you go here. We're running out of time, but I did want to ask you real quick. Michael and I were big fans, are big fans of the College Baseball World Series. Did you see a decent handle on that? And is that something, is that a market that's starting to grow and uh, spread interest in sports betters?
7: We did. Uh, it certainly has grown. Uh, we, we saw some decent action on it. And it's funny because I was on a call with somebody from Mississippi the other day when Mississippi State was playing, and uh, they were all in on on the College World Series. I mean, it's there's a lot of uh, people who, who got interested in it. So I, I think it's a market that's going to continue to grow.
5: I'm glad to hear that. Thomas, have a great day and go Hawks. Thanks, TG. <laughs>
7: all right. Thanks, guys.
5: All right, that is Thomas Gable of the Borgata. We'll come back and Josh Applebaum rejoins the program. Turn a $1 wager into $100 on the Hawks or the Bucks with BetMGM. Just use the bonus code VSIN100 when you sign up for the king of sportsbooks and get ready for showtime. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com for more details. And make sure you use the promo code VSIN100. It's a new customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., or West Virginia only. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 800-889-9789 in Tennessee. And in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. The promotional offer is not available in nevada final segment of the lombardi line with brady cannon and michael lombardi and we are rejoined by our man josh applebaum the market insights reporter here at VSIN. you can find his podcast up at v slash podcast and uh, before we get into some baseball and hockey and whatnot josh let's give the people what they want have you been scooped on some last minute late breaking news about hot dog eating contests (laughs)
7: <laughs> so I would say a, co-
8: a couple of things, guys. Here, and I love how much attention this is getting. I know TG is <laughs> excited because in previous years, some books couldn't really book this contest. It was a novelty prop. Sometimes it can be hard to grade. You got to get, uh, you know, the commission to sign off on it. Uh, but as we see sports betting legalization spread across the country, more people can get down on this, guys. So one thing I would mention. Uh, again, Joey Chestnut is the goat. We talk about the best in their field. I, I, he's really above everyone else here. But one thing is, you know, uh, as we this factor of being outside, Michael, we joke about it, but there could be some validity to it because we've seen that over/under hot dog 73 and a half. At the very beginning, it was juiced up over like minus 250. Yesterday, it was over minus 200. Now it's falling a little bit guys. The latest update here is this under payout is getting a little bit smaller each time. I think now the uh the under 73 and a half is now down to around plus 125. So we're going to have to see, you know, is the is the factor of going outside going to going to decrease Chestnut or will the competitors be so far off? He doesn't have uh, you know, that will to really, you know, finish that last couple dogs here Michael. But we joke about it. But the under, the under it looks sneaky here guys, I'm not going to lie. The will yeah, to I, finish think the M- last I think I think Mitch Moss
6: yeah, Mitch Moss has affected this under. I think, he, you know, he put that out on Friday. I, wa- I, I didn't listen to the interview. I should have. Did, did Joey, what does he do to prepare? Not eat for three days? I mean, how do you prepare for this tournament?
8: So it was funny, and I highly recommend everyone tune in, vison.com We have this archive that's the best 10 minutes you're ever going to have. Then you talk to Joey Avello, DraftKings bookmaker. You talk to the MC George Shea. It was just a great interview overall. But, Michael, he didn't eat for, like, three days, I think. He just completely fast. He says, I like to get cleaned out beforehand so I have enough <laughs> room to fit all these hot dogs. So I think he's just straight-up fasting, guys. I don't think he's eating in 24 hours at least.
5: Uh, that is good stuff. We look forward to it. Of course, that will be on Sunday, the 4th of July, Joey Chestnut and the hot dog eating contest. And of course, you can bet on it. So uh, yeah, that's good stuff, Josh. Take a look at that in the archives there at vison.com We were just uh, speaking with Thomas Gable out at the Borgata, the director of race and sports there. And, and it's kind of interesting, the regional difference here. Uh, they are heavy with liability on the Milwaukee Bucks. And I know uh, our colleague, Mike Piranio, the race and sports director out here at Man Bay, both MGM properties, they have a lot of liability on the Atlanta Hawks. They're really rooting for the Bucks, And I guess that kind of speaks to the volatility we've seen in this line movement, Josh. And it looks like maybe it's finally settled down. I'm seeing twos across the board here in Las Vegas. I have seen the total go up to 217, however.
8: Yeah, so Brady, the first thing here, and Michael, you nailed this from the start, a lot of over money. If you listen to Michael Lombardi yesterday, the past couple days, he spotted this over here. I think the thought process, Michael, you mentioned is no Giannis, a really good defensive player off the court. We've seen this thing get all the way up to 217, 217 and a half now, Brady. So you're getting the hook there. Uh, it continues to rise. And again, you get late in the series. I tend to look at these unders. You know, it's a long series. You have your tired legs. You have a lot of film to go off of to match up defensively. you really lock down force uh, with elimination here. However, that's not what we're seeing. The over is getting hit. So that's toward Michael's point. And then I just think this series guys overall, it's been tough to cap with these injuries. All things being equal, uh, you know, it makes a much easier handicap when you have Giannis out and then you have Trey Young out and then you have these questionable statuses. We saw like if you got down on the Bucks the last game when they were minus two and a half minus three. Right when the news that Trae Young will be out, the line went all the way to five. So this is the type of game where, again, I lean Hawks because I like this zigzag. I like this kind of split ticket count, but more money to the Hawks, line movement to the Hawks. You're seeing this late buyback now, the three, two and a half down to two. Uh, But again, Michael, it makes it difficult for us betters when we're waiting on these stars, whether or not they'll be in or out. But either way, with Trae Young being questionable, the line has moved from start to finish toward Atlanta here.
6: Yeah, you know, and I think, Josh, I think that, look, if you go back and just watch the last game and just see how many layups and you could say, well, look, Brooks Lopez isn't going to have the same kind of game. And I do think Trey Young and Brooks Lopez kind of go hand in hand on how you can defend Brooks Lopez in the sense of it makes it, you know, makes it hard for him to play when they spread the court. But. I just think there's too many layups. I just think people are attacking the rim. I think there's no one scared to go there. Holiday seems to have playing with a lot more confidence. And it's more of a regular season game for me watching it than it is a playoff game. I don't get the sense of it as a playoff game. I see it as a lot of good players on the court. But without Giannis and without Young, there's no great player out there. And I think that, you know, Middleton gets any shot he wants. True Holiday can get to the rim. And conversely, we can see Collins make a few of his shots. And Bogdanovich is starting to play better because of the knees. So I think the points are going to rise. Yeah, to your point, Michael, like a regular
5: season game, no defense. We don't see a lot of defense, certainly, in the regular season. Of course, that lends itself to an over the total. I I wouldn't be surprised if it closed even higher, Josh. Uh, I mean, people betting what they saw last. uh, This is only at 217, and and it's been crushing the total, too. I mean, what what was it last time? Uh, 130 to 103? I mean, it went over by, what, uh, 15 points?
8: Way over, Brady. Yeah, you're right. 123, 112. So you had, what, uh, 235 in that one? Total was 213. That was that uh, system that Michael mentioned as well, buying low on a total that dips. We saw that the total. I think it was like 215 around there. Got all the way down to 213, buy low spot. So now what you're seeing here, a lot of these totals throughout the series have been hit to the under and it's been you know hit or miss here the under is what 3 and 2 overall uh, but this one is is pretty steady to the over guys so i think uh, michael's point about lack of defense here is definitely coming through a lot of over money is is pouring in on this game
5: Josh, let's take another look at the NBA prop market uh, for this game. And we pointed out a couple when you were with us an hour ago. I mentioned I didn't expect Brook Lopez to repeat what he did in game five, which was career effort-like with 33 points. So I would look to be going under on his point total for today, which is at 15 and a half. You mentioned Bogdanovich for his total points, rebounds, and assists over 25 and a half. I really like the look of that one as well. And you said you had one more up your sleeve.
8: Yeah. So Brady, we mentioned, uh, you know, Bogdanovich earlier over 25 and a half points. I still, I'm still liking that drew holiday under three and a half turnovers at minus 165. but Michael, I feel like my best friend throughout this series has been PJ Tucker. So we got to go back (laughs) and talk about our guy. He doesn't get a lot of credit, but he's a tough guy. He doesn't deserve a lot of credit, Josh. (laughs) Well, well, that's true. But if he catches these overs for us, he he deserves some credit. Then we love it. Then we love it. We, we do love him, guys, and he, you think of his defense here. but he It's an ugly over, too.
6: It, it might be the ugliest over you've ever seen in your life. I mean, seriously, when you look at the score sheet, you think I, there's no way we hit with that. And then you remember it's 10 and a half, and he mustered up 13 with his assist and his rebounds. And, you know, and then you're watching the game. You're hoping he lays out for just one rebound because it could really help.
8: You're exactly right, Michael. And you worry a little bit. This thing is rising a bit. I don't like props that get higher, higher, higher. It feels like you might be walking into a trap. It's been around 10, 10 and a half, 11 and a half, Michael. It's 12 and a half today, points, rebounds, and assists combined for PJ Tucker. But it is juiced up over minus 125. And Tucker really uh, filled up the box score last game. He had five points, but 11 rebounds and one assist. He's gone over this 12 and a half, three of the five games this series. So again, you don't expect a lot of points. But rebounds, a couple dimes here. Uh, I'll be going P.J. Tucker over train again. You're going to go
6: over there? I I, I would lean under here, Josh. I really would. I I don't think he could duplicate 12. I think you're asking (laughs) for a lot here. And, you know, on the road, too, to to go with that. Although, I'm not sure. Brady, you didn't like Brook Lopez over 15. I got to think if if Milwaukee's going to be in in this game, he's got to have more than 15. He's going to get at least four dunks, right? Don't you think?
5: That's a good point, but also to your point that he is more neutralized when Trey Young is in the lineup, and and I kind of think Trey is going to show up and – I, I, it's more of just a seesaw. He he went so high, he's got to go a little low today. He's, I mean, th- this number's inflated, too. Brook Lopez's yeah. pro, uh, point total in the prop market, I, I want to say the last time I remember looking at it was in, in the neighborhood of 11 or 12, maybe 13. Now we're at 15. Uh, I, I think that's inflated. Uh, so I, I would certainly go under there. Josh, I, I want to slip this in uh, before we get out of here, the pregame show coming up next on VSEN. Uh, You had a couple of trends in baseball, I believe, for some favorites here, and and maybe specifically the Los Angeles Dodgers, who will be relying on Clayton Kershaw today.
8: Yeah, guys, this is crazy. And, Michael, we've seen something insane in baseball. We saw dogs do very well to start the year, but it has been an unbelievable chalk run as of late, really the last month and a half here. You had favorites in baseball go 14-0, complete sweep here yesterday. Overall, these numbers are crazy, guys. From opening day, through the month of April and through the month of May, two months there, favorites were cashing 56% of the time, but they are down 40 units because you're laying these big minus numbers. Since June 1st, favorites are are hitting at a 65% clip, You're up almost 40 units the other way. So we've really seen favorites really, really, you know, fight back here in baseball. It's Ben Chalky. And really the the play for me with favorites is non-division home favorites. You don't have to worry about that divisional dog angle. 63% so far this year. So a couple favorites that have been getting hit hard today, guys. Uh, Look at the Dodgers with Clayton Kershaw on the mound. They've really been steamed up here on minus 175 to minus 240. Big favorites, 200 or more off a win, 74% this year. And also the Halos, the Angels at home against Baltimore. Baltimore's been terrible on the road. Angels have been decent at home, decent as a favorite. The Halos have gone up from around minus 180 up to almost minus 200 right now. But chalk in baseball, guys, that's what's going on. All right,
5: very good. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for being here with me on a Saturday. You enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend. We'll do it all over again tomorrow. Uh, Go Atlanta Hawks, and uh, we'll see if we have some late-breaking information tomorrow before the hot dog eating contest. Fair enough? Fair enough. Thanks, Brady. Thanks, Josh. (laughs) All right, (laughs) guys. The pregame show is next. Stick around with us all day long here. Happy holidays, everybody, at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
8: Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility.
0: At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.
2: to start listening.